Hey everybody, Chris Lindsay here, and you're listening to Pitch List. We want to discover what makes creative people tick. Join us as we explore what it means to be a writer, and more importantly, what it means to be a person. Remember why you love music, and welcome to Pitch List. Hey everybody, Chris Lindsay here with the Stay at Home edition of Pitch List. My guest today is my old friend Gordy Sampson. Gordy is an incredible multi-instrumentalist, singer, and writer. He's written big hits for Carrie Underwood, Keith Urban, Faith Hill, Blake Shelton, and lots more. In addition, Gordy makes his own very successful records and tours often. Originally from Canada, He moved to Nashville permanently in 2005, and as we discuss later in the podcast, this episode was recorded shortly after our friend Busby passed away. Busby was a deeply talented guy and a beautiful soul, so we would like to dedicate this episode of Pitch List to Busby. Good morning. How are you, man? Hey, man. How are you? I'm good. I've got a mystery guest. I'm not going to say his name. Yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, we were we were chatting in the kitchen before we started. Uh, old friend of mine, uh, incredibly talented musician, singer, uh, writer, arranger. That's one of my favorite things you've done. That, wow. That symphony thing that you guys did down in Birmingham. Oh, yeah. And you did a chart for a couple of your songs. Mm-hmm. It was just fabulous, man. Um, so... We've got Gordy Sampson with us this morning. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Good to be here. Awesome. And uh, you played in Birmingham mm-hmm. with it was you, Hillary, Lindsay, Brett James, and somebody else. I don't. Yeah. Okay. So that's the Music City Hitmakers thing. Oh, yeah. that's so, right. So and and Chris, you... that Birmingham show was the very first one, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Um, so yeah, uh, Hillary and um, Brett and I were kind of the f- the first. Um, specimens <laughs> to be used for uh-huh. that idea, um, and and uh, Chuck has now got a thing where he revolves different songwriters around. But in the very beginning, it was us three. Um, but it was so much fun, so, so good. Much. And yeah. you and you played with the Birmingham Orchestra, yes. And whatever city you're in, you play with the with the yeah. orchestra there. We did Birmingham. We did a couple of other cities we did some cities in florida we actually did the boston pops which is amazing we wow. had three nights with the boston no pops. kidding yeah um and then i guess charlie D- judge charlie yep. judge did a lot of those charts yeah he's and then you know, uh, brilliant yeah he is i didn't know he did that um until that show but you did a chart on was it paris that faith hill song you and troy wrote yep yeah that's gorgeous i just pulled the chart from when i recorded it, and that would have been 2003 I guess yeah and I, I wrote it with a friend of mine from Nova Scotia Osophilius um, he he I, he really did most of the chart to be perfectly honest uh, I kind of had some some ideas for some lines and stuff but um, so we just pulled that and uh, um, put it in the show Charlie kind of thickened it because it was written for 14 or 15 players but you know but I mean some of these orchestras were 60 people yeah. So you have to thicken the parts. And right. I mean, there are situations where there's no 
there's some people in the orchestra that have nothing to do, so Charlie might have to write a little something for the, uh, you know, the, the timpani so, player. So, so the yeah. timpani guy has to yeah. count like 140 dead bars yeah, before he right. plays. Cause the he's tuba got, guy is like, yeah. let me guess, I sit this one out, right? Yeah. yeah. No, even worse, you've got to count 140 bars and then you have one note. Oh, yeah. So you're sitting there going, one, two, two, two. Yeah. Um, did you study music formally or are you self-taught? I know you, didn't your parents play my mom plays, Your mom. still does, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I did not study it um, formally, um, but I I learned from such an early age. Like, I really did start playing when I was four. Wow. Five. What, what, what instrument? Piano. Okay. Um, just because there was one in our house. And um, because I was, because I got such an early start at it, I, I did get a really good concept of theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I learned it on my own terms, and uh, later in life, when I, you know, became a professional musician, I kn- I knew a lot of theory, but I didn't speak the language, if you will. So I had right. I had to do some homework, and um, I don't profess to be uh, a mad scientist at theory at this point, but you know, I know enough to get around what well, I do. Right, and even studying theory, because I did study a little mm-hmm. bit as a kid. I mean, you're still just, those are tools for analysis yeah, exactly. of what's going yeah. on. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's not really going to get you anywhere. Right. It's yeah. just a way to break apart what Beethoven did. Yeah, you know? that's and right. It, it, even in, like, classical theory, I think it's an interesting thing. Uh, they'll have you take a Beethoven thing and chart it out, and they use the number system. They really do. Yeah, they do. So they'll say, like, a one, and now they use Roman numerals. Okay. So, so the root key, if it's C... That'll be a Roman numeral one, mm-hmm. and then F is going to be one V four. Yeah. But that's how they write their charts out. Yeah, just like the Nashville number system. That's right, and jazz guys do that too. They use uh, Roman numerals a lot, as certainly as like a shorthand thing. Although they do this weird thing where they, I'm, I'm just getting really nerdy here, but geek out. I'm in the right place. You are no, but they they uh you know where in Nashville, let's say if um let's say uh Chris, we're going in the studio, cut a new song, and it's in um uh. A minor. So we're going to write the chart on C, right? Right. C is one. A minor, six minor. Right. right. But in a jazz, uh, I've seen a lot of guys do this. They will write it as one minor. Okay. Right. Which you never do here. Which would be like, I they'll, mean, they'll throw it back. They'll, they'll tear they'll th- the chart up. Yeah. You'll get, you'll end up in somebody's trunk if I, you do I, that here. I, I had it happen to me. Yeah. When I was new, uh, it was E minor because, you know, it's an open e yeah. guitar chord. And I walk in with a, a one minus. You know, in the national number system, a dash is a minor, one minus, and they're looking at it like these players. An E minor is key of G. Yeah, they cannot hear it any other way. And if you write it on a piece of paper, they just feel like they're dyslexic. Yeah, They'll rewrite their chart. Uh-huh. They can't deal with it. They're like, that's a six of something. Yeah, that's right. And but and then I got into a long debate with Tom Bukovac about it because um, he was on my side. Like, well, let's see if we can figure this out. There's got to be there's got to be songs that are in a minor key. But according to Nashville, there are no songs in a minor key. That's the way I think. And but I don't know if Nashville has informed that or if I already knew that. But but you point, have worked on many big records as a session. Mm-hmm. You're a serious player, man. You did no. all the Carrie Underwood records. No, I played well. Well, no, you I, did a lot of them. I did. I played. No, I did. You're a great I did one. Player. Okay. I know. Thank you. But so you've never seen a song in a minor key either. I you, just you agree? I I approach that as um, a minor key is an accident. A minor is kind of an accidental 
That's the way I pre- I, right. I um or like a, not a, a great way to well, say. Well, they call it a relative minor. It's so a relative minor. A but, is is a is a cousin of C. Yeah, who's just crying a little bit. Yeah, and 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 it may and you and may B never get F. you may never get to the one. The one may never be in in the song or on the chart. Right. That's neither here nor there. Right. Right. It's just that's the one. Even if they never hit it. Yeah. That's right. That's, so they may never land on a C chord. Yeah. But it's there. It's still in C. It's still in C. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was talking about the uh, okay a Waylon Jennings song. Uh, what's it called? Good, what, what's the actual name of the song? That's the theme to the Dukes of Hazard. Just the good old boys. Oh, yeah. Okay. So when you get like writers that write like Amy's dad did, you often get this melody that's completely independent of the bars. So that song's a good example of it. There's a bar of two. Right, it cut beats bars. all you never yeah. saw been in trouble with the law since the day that was born. You didn't even really notice it, right? Right. But that's because the um the top line comes from such a um real place. Right. That it, nobody's thinking about it. He didn't else. wait he didn't wait for beats three and four. He got no. bored and wanted to start. Right. He's like, why are we going to have that dead space? Yeah, yeah. And then the drummers... What's the, important here is the right, lyric and the melody. Right, right, And the players are like, okay, so that's a bar 2-4 in the middle of a bunch of 4-4 four, four bars. Right. But to him, it was just like, I'm not going to wait. Yeah. I'm starting again. Right. You're right. And it's his uninformed musicality actually... That's, that's the most musical more, thing in the world. Right. It makes it more yeah. human. Yeah. Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. uh, she, in the beginning for sure, she wrote like that. You know, yeah, it's like it's not and not um, just the early songs. They're not they're like intensely personal things that she wants to say to people. Yeah. Not really made up. And they're just kind of like the chord sequences. Just there's just four chords to just roll over and over again. Yeah. And because it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, and her cadence is all about delivering the emotion. But she's closer to being human with those songs. Yeah. And it's one of those things, I think, that as as musicians the more we learn about music and theory and what have you the farther we get away from that it's yeah. it's so counterintuitive um that's that- a great let's keep talking about this because i think it's fantastic um i've seen in sessions myself and other people's sessions where the band plays a song and i'll say something like can you just play it more dumb yeah and can you play it like you're like 18 and you and you don't know what you're doing yeah leading to the bigger question how as a musician do you stay in that juvenile place where it's just wild abandon and as you get better and better and better yeah it's a it's a tough it's a tough one you know like because it goes against the grain of so many things that our session musicians have learned but i think the good ones and i think you would agree are really good at it yeah they are they just they recognize it. They recognize it, and they can instantly go, "Oh, you want me to be that guy, right?" And they're 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 actors at this point, almost. I mean, they are. Um, yeah, and they don't take offense either. They don't take offense at all. No, they see it as a oh, I like being that guy. Yeah. I, yeah. I, oh, you want me to be uh, Green Day? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Or oh, mm-hmm. I, I'm like Lucinda's Williams slide player, and I'm really drunk. Yeah. That guy. Yep. I think the good ones can do that and that's an interesting comment man they are like actors i think so yeah they're sort of casting themselves as who they need to be yeah i mean i think i think a lot of the guys 
that we love that we get to work with here in Nashville, um, there's they get called because they can do that. It's not nearly as much about how they can shred and all that stuff. And and they you know they all can do that, but they are characters in these songs we write. Right. Right. Never thought of it like that, man. And uh, and the ones like uh, you know I got to throw out to McNally. He's a good friend of mine. He is a an amazing example of that. I mean, that guy can just, he's the, I don't know. I was going to try to compare him to some actor, but I'm going to yeah. spare him. Well, <laughs> now, am I right? Because I've worked with him, too. He's amazing. Didn't he work with Delbert McClinton forever? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of got, not that he's just a blues guy, but he does know how to do that. Well, he definitely comes from blues. He yeah. is, when you sit down and talk to him, he is blues alive. Yeah. But um, he... He also, yeah, has. But he has. I've heard him do like very modern. Things. Oh my god, incredible! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, another thing that's like critical with some of these players who work a lot, they know how to help manage a session. Yeah, just psychologically. That's right. Yep. They because can diffuse the tension. You artists, know? songwriters, and artists. I mean, we are. You could say what you want. Incredibly sensitive folks yes we overread body language like no one else in the world uh all that stuff all that stuff and those guys know that and um they know how to um tell us we need to do it again without hurting our feelings and all that stuff you know or tell us we don't need to do it again yeah or tell us you know yeah tell us what we need to know um Mm -hmm. you know as you know as a producer chris you do that i'm sure so much right you have to you know, when you when you have to tell the vocalist she needs to sing it again or he needs to sing it again, you have to be, depending yeah. on who it is, Yeah, careful. Yeah, you do have to be careful. Well, in the end on that one, you produce a lot too. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's something you sort of, that's a function of time. Yeah, if You have true. enough time with mm-hmm. your artist, you get in this thing where they trust you. And then, then they're thinking, he's, which is correct, He's trying to help me be the best I can be. But you can and, do that when you have that trust. Yes, yep. you can. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is I know, because um, even just a few times I've been in the booth singing a demo or something, being in that booth and looking through the glass, the singer, when you're in there, you're so exposed, you know, and they're in there listening to your vocal with it turned way up and you see them through the glass and they talk to you when they push the button. But when they're not pushing the button, they're in there talking, mm-hmm. talk, 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 talk. Mm-hmm. And the singer's sitting there going, what are they saying? Yeah, that's and, true. And it's yeah. like paranoia creeps in. Oh, yeah. And so it- I like, I even try to like, if there's some technical talk going on between the engineer and the assistant and me, and I'll just lean over there and push the button on so they can hear what's going on because yeah. I know they're going to get in there and start freaking out. Yeah. Like where I was heading with that was, I wonder if we're sensitive because we have those antenna that let us pick these things up, you know? Yeah, I think that's a really great way to put it. We we, we might not be that good at this. No, you can't. I mean, I'm trying to imagine us writing a song. I mean, I'm thinking of this song you and I wrote years ago that I ended up putting on one of my records called Bob Evans. How could we write that if we weren't sensitive to it? Right. to, To the parts involved. I mean... It, it's impossible. It's impossible. Okay. Yeah, and we wrote and another one we wrote that you and I wrote back in that same period that is one still one of my favorite songs I've ever, ever been involved in. 
Montreal. Oh yeah, Montreal. Yeah. And uh you know that we had some shared experiences with past romance, you know, yep. girls we had yep. known. Yep. Uh and it, it really got in that song. Yep. If I didn't have that pain, I couldn't share it. Yeah. That's so funny. I'm just thinking of that song now. I remember we wrote it in the day and I hung a 414 from the chandelier in Key West. That's right. And and I recorded a demo through like a little shit like uh whatever digi design hardware was out at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was like the digi 001 one or yeah. yeah, I remember those. And um did this really cool demo cuz the ambience of that room and everything mm-hmm. was Anyway, and then I I was just starting to do demos then. And uh, and I was like, okay, this is great. Let's really cut it now. And I hired a band. We didn't cut it. And then I, I ended up using the, the original, original yeah. version yeah. on the record. Yeah, You'll see that, man. When you write, I try to catch that day as much as I can. Me too. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, it goes either way. But it, it, it can happen that you come back to demo the song three weeks later and it's you know in another part of the universe it's not there anymore no and i think the singer it, most of us i think uh, you know one of the writers ends up singing the demo right right it, um unless it's an artist co-write in which case they they would i suppose as well but you will never sing that song the way you will the first you know the first time you sing it when yeah. it's fresh out of the oven right you'll never sing it like that ever no yeah, and it doesn't. It ha- and you know what? It doesn't have anything to do with how good of a singer you are. Or no, not. it has nothing to do with that. Even stuff. I've seen I've seen songs crash and burn over that. You know, on demos where you're like, you really thought you had something, and then you demo it. It's just like, whoa, it's gone. Yeah, the magic's gone. Yes, that's right. You, you're kind of like left there, going, "What happened? What happened?" What's that time and space between when you wrote it and, like you said, the two weeks later, where you're trying to like, okay. And, and I've got my quotation fingers up here. We're really going to record this now. Um, you know, that was that was pretty informative to me when I started making demos. Mm-hmm. And I realized you really do have to capture there's, you know, a there's a magic there. Yeah. That happens the day you write the song and you got to capture it. Yeah. You know. And and really all this gear that we're fascinated. And I know you're like me. We're we got gear problems. We love preamps and all that shit all that shit but you know the good part of all that shit is like if you've got that use it right there you know what i mean yeah use it right there that i think it's a good thing you're saying is that whole thing of when we do this for real uh because it, it has a lot of problems like it you're 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 sort of trying to direct the song at that point yeah and it's not living on its own we got, I mean, I think the most, uh, getting, going nerdy here again, but I think the most valuable piece of equipment to me, and the first time I saw anybody use this piece of equipment was you, is the SM7. I think because I did start the SM7 craze of Nashville. You were working with Kelly Pickler, and yep. you play me uh, like a rough or something, or something you just recorded, and I was like, dude, that vocal sound is amazing. I was like, do you know? Do me a solid. Tell a brother what Mike that was or whatever. And you were like, okay, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> and it was an SM7. And I was like, you are kidding me. But anyway, um, if I was that Mike company, sure, I'd be really pissed off because 
I mean, I would have put that on the market for nine nine. They could put it on the market for nine ninety nine. Probably sold they just could've. as many of them. They could have. But um, you know, it's a three hundred fifty dollar mic. But you know, as you know, in, in in a writing environment, it becomes. And I'm looking at one right now in your studio. In a writing environment, they become absolutely key because you don't wear. You don't need headphones. Yep. And this, you know, I can have one on a long cord with a cloud lifter reaching across the room. Yep. And the minute somebody writes three or four lines that are like amazing it's like oh whoa, 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 put that down put that down and it's just yeah. it's so musical it is and it's there's something about the mic well you know um thriller was done on an s that's right yep the, those first couple uh police records yep a lot of, and the other thing people love is like you said that has that uh, they call it high rejection rate so the little envelope that it records is very small yeah yeah so that's why you can have some speakers on yeah it doesn't do bleed it's, it, it's not it doesn't bleed much no yeah, if you're in the middle of the right, and this happens to me all the time, like I, I love mics and all that stuff. I've got some, some really nice ones I've, you know, been able to get over the years. But, you know, if you're in the middle of it and you're in the middle of that magic of writing the song, and you you've got like what we're what you're calling a scratch vocal at that time, um, you know, a lot of times I'll go over. Okay, okay we're going to record this on my '67 now, and right. we'll record it, and I'll I'll get two passes in and be like. I'm going to put you back on the SM7 because yeah. there's so much magic yep. in what you uh, recorded. I, I need to playlist a couple that are on the same mic. And I've, uh, I've happens had, all the time. All the time. I've had guys that I've written with for years. Like I was, we wrote with the Warren Brothers this week. We're, cut, we're finally cutting the vocal. We're excited. It's a really good song. And I'm like looking at the booth and Brett is like, no, right here. You know, it's, it's silly. It's silly. I think we're getting back to primal here. Like if you and I were sitting down and we were inventing music, we were going to say, okay, we're going to, and you, and the singer's going to go in a box over there. <laughs> I mean, think about how ridiculous that is. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk through the glass. You won't be able to hear what we're saying. Yeah. You know, the only advantage you get from the box is if you get in the thing where you're making a record with somebody who struggles a little bit more as a singer. Yeah. Then you've got them isolated. Then you can do 50 takes. Then you can pick out words for, yeah. your, for your comp right. vocal. Yeah. And those, those, that circumstance, it being that surgical helps. Sure, yeah. But we're getting less and less of that now. We were talking about streaming when we came in because Dana has a new song that's streaming like crazy. We're going to put it in the podcast so y'all can check it do out. It. But um, we were talking and I was uh, – saying that I thought that streaming, the new streaming world, is really going to give us great music. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's one of the things we're going to lose, is people who really aren't very good, who, through studio tricks, <laughs> make these records that work. Fabulous. Yeah, it's like, wow, we sang it 120 times, we tuned it with three different guys, yeah. and it now sounds like something, and versus to where we're starting to get people who can actually sing again. Yeah. Which, you know... It's like all the tricks that think of the all the tricks that you and I know from doing this for our whole lives mm -hmm. about studio work. It, mm -hmm. It's it's just millions, right? Yep. On the other hand, sit Adele at this table and we'd just be trying to not overdrive the mic. Yeah, that's, that's it. Right. Any mic, yeah. any mic. Yeah. It doesn't even matter what one. That's right. And we would just be. We'd only have one thought. Just don't let that thing clip. And then we get Grammys just because yeah. we put the mic up. That's right. Which would be amazing. Yeah. But so. I'm hoping that the streaming world is going to give us more just talent and, and greatness, you know. That is the gospel good news about streaming. Right. 
you know it's um, more democratic oh it's it's that part of it is that is one it's wonderful for what it does to to free um music as an art form i mean everything is everything is game it's open season it's so fun um but of course there's uh all kinds of uh, I, I hesitate to say the word downsides because I'm trying to stay positive about the future. Well, of it. yeah, there's some issues. There's some big, issues. Big issues. There's some issues, and there, you know, part of me gets my blood boiled about it, and the other part of me tries to stay objective about. Okay, it's just not like it used to be. Uh, it, is right. that mean it's right. wrong or right or different? Um, we we've we've actually adjusted so much better than I thought we would. As an industry, yeah, yeah, I can't believe we're still here. Like, I mean, it, you know, we, we, we were. It was. I remember, you know, when, when we were faced with uh, no more um, mechanical royalties and sales of CDs. That in, you know, that income's been destroyed. Destroyed. But um, you know, it's it's just one of those things where I try to stay grateful, and um, I'm still doing it. All my friends are still doing it, and. They're just, you know, we're doing it on different terms now. Yeah, the ba- the downside, I think, the streaming income should replace the mechanical income for songwriters. Right. You could keep a professional writing gig by getting big album cuts. You can't do that anymore. You can't. And, like, we're rolling the dice. I mean, I, I, I hesitate to talk about money with songwriting because it, it, it can, from the outside, feel like, you know, it's... Uh, that we're just holding our pockets open sometimes. <laughs> it's super easy. Well, the fact is, yeah. it's not. We're playing for a lot of us. We're it's just, we're playing professional bingo. Okay, right. It's like we, you know, we're going to bingo games, and every four hundred bingo games, we win. And you win big when you win. And you win big when you win. But, but now, you might not have won for four years. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, and some of us, some of us have much better records than that. And some of us don't. But I mean. It, it's it doesn't matter that's we're all doing the same thing and uh but that the proceeds of that bingo game have been have been sliced drastically so now you find yourself going okay well the booty isn't the way it used to be so what else can we do how do i adjust am i crazy i mean some people are just dropping off all the riders they have to chase riding a single mm-hmm. which which is just a kind of a different game i agree I think the um, not to divide us into age groups because I hate that shit. But you know, like I think it is a little bit different for the twenty-year-old songwriter coming, yeah, out now in the sense that I think I mean their demographic is super smart, and they are not they are not effing around, okay. Right. But I think the truth from from a lot of the friends I write with that are that. That are in that demographic, they want to do as good as they can, as fast, as best as they can, as fast as they can. And I think there's a reality to it. Like after a couple of years, if it doesn't work out, they bail. Okay. Right? That you you do see that a little bit more, I think, in 2019 than you, than you did before. So it's a lot of pressure. I mean, I I I would um, I would not that 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 would definitely be a downside. I think in hindsight for me to have that pressure right approaching this yeah Um, it's a different mindset um 
I I have an instinct against that. Just mm-hmm. I think this is a hard thing to do, and I think it requires a full commitment. You know, like yeah, no plan B. Well, you just you learn a lot. You learn so much as you go. So it's like that thing of yeah. you know, when do you yeah when do you pull the when you cut the cord or you, when do you keep going? I mean, it's it's just within your reach at a certain point, but, it, but I'll it's give so you, hard. I'll give you some names. Uh, yeah, Josh Osborne. Yeah, he's a great. I think example. he was twelve years before he had a big hit. That's is right. That, is that right? Or I know he'd been here twelve years when the Sam Hunt record came out. Yeah, he might have had something before, but twelve years. Kelly Archer. That's right, Kelly. Eighteen. Yeah. Now yeah. I think she had some things along the way, of course, but she's really rocking right now. Yep. Um, eight. She she had told me uh, maybe she was coming up on year sixteen or seventeen, and uh, she was looking at condos in Vancouver where she's yeah. from. Yeah. And she was about ready to throw in the towel. That's right. Yeah, and we've 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 all got we've all got stories. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Pitch List will be right back. Well, the thing too, it's a it, the whole thing is a moving target. You know, yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's not one thing that's. You know, the kind of songs we write now, Chris, are so radically different than the songs we wrote ten years ago. Yeah, and uh, they have different. You know, it's it's a, you know. Um, I, I've been watching a lot of Busby videos this week because we oh, lost Busby, and I, know. I love the way he uh, his his metaphors for everything to do with songwriting and producing. Uh, he talks about soup or or spaghetti sauce, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you know. So I, I, the the ingredients we put in the sauce in 2019 are different, and they yes. they taste different, and we had to we had to we had to move with what people, what flavors people wanted. So um, if, I guess what I'm trying to get at, if you're in and out of it in two years, I mean, you're only going to catch, you're going to be applicable to the spaghetti sauce of that time. Yeah. You know, when you get your first writing contract, I think you actually get worse. Yeah, it muddies and, the water. It mu- yeah. yeah, and then you sort of have to crawl out of that. Yep. And then and I couldn't then, agree more. What happened to me, and I think it's pretty common, my first three years of writing, I was so happy and I'm gra- and still to this day grateful that somebody gave me a chance. Mm-hmm. And they threw me with all these other people and I tried to do what they were doing because I thought, do what they do because they have the cuts. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden I'm in the middle of it. I'm confused, not getting cuts, and I've now abandoned who I am. That's right. Trying to be something else. And don't we all know at this point that there's no card that we can play that has more value than the me card. No. Okay. That's right. So, uh, you know, whether or not you all like Chris Lindsay or Gordy Sampson or not, our best card we can play is to be ourselves. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, that's a little cheesy, but no, it's I, one, I know it to be it, ab- 100% it is, it is true. It is gospel. It is gospel. And um, once you, the farther you get away from that, I think the farther yeah. you get from. We talk about it all the time on the podcast. Yeah, look, you know, you looking over the fence at this kind of style of songwriting or whatever the new fashion is. Yep. Bro, country was my example. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna get in. I, you know, I'm a writer. I'll I'll write with these guys. And it's like, you know what? I don't like bro country. 
Yeah. It's nothing against them, but I'm never going to ride it as good as them. They no. like it. They like they it. They probably don't like some of the stuff that I like. I didn't enjoy it either, but in defense of Boro Country, the people that were writing it and having success wrote it, I think were born to write it. They were born to be yeah. here for it. So like it And was, when I say I don't like it, let me let me let me backpedal mm-hmm. a little bit. I didn't have a natural feel for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was the country music was tested hard during I mean that that in my in my ride through country music uh and I didn't grow up with country music necessarily but uh so I have a unique vantage point but you know that that is the that to me the time that I've seen country music be tested um the the heaviest and um but you got to do that any any every genre needs to be threatened to to strive yeah I, I think you're right I think it's I never thought of it but it's actually good for it. It's really good for it. Yeah, just take take a kind of take a yeah. whip and take a couple whippings and see, you know, what's really important to you. Yeah, that's right. You know, what 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 are a couple the things years that we want to keep? Like, no, yep. we don't do that. Or yep. yeah, we could do that. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, we had a couple years of that. In walks Chris Stapleton. Hello, right? You know, and it's like, right. or, or or you know, whoever else it was, and um, Casey, Casey, and just uh, bringing us back to to the to the values and and. Um, Probably, the, as I'm thinking about it, I think the thing that kind of went wrong, maybe for me, maybe some other people, is the pile-on. You know, yeah. there were the original artists, like Florida Georgia Line. It was sort of an infusion of hip-hop beats. Yeah. And it was fresh, and it was cool. It, just the whole town piling in yeah, there that's where it kind of got jacked that, up. That's right, exactly. It's you know, everybody jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, jumping on. It's like, oh, they're selling millions of records. That's what you do. Yeah, apparently we have to do this now. Yeah. But it, you know, there, uh, I, look, we could sit down and play some, some of those tracks and I just would bop to it all day. I mean, yeah, I, some of it was yeah, really good. And there's no question that, especially like Florida Georgia Line, that, that's authentic to them. That, yeah. That's their sensibility. That's their vision. And, uh, yeah. And it, and it was right on, man. Yeah. I mean, the good news is that be, the, the, sometimes we have a song on the chart and sometimes we don't, but like, you know, the cream still rises to the top, yeah. By and large, I mean, I haven't really seen it not do that yet. No, because in everybody the, wants to. Sh- everyone wants to share something great. Yeah. If it, it doesn't matter if a brand new writer who got here yesterday, or me and you who've been here a while, if there's a song coming out of this studio, and the first person in this town that it encounters, if it is really magic, they want to give it to somebody. Yeah, they want to. They want to be involved. They're like, yeah, they're going to send it to their A and R friend because then their A and R friend's going to go, wow, this guy's sending me some great shit. Yeah, you know, everybody wants to be in, but that's why it works. That's why the cream rises because everybody wants to share it. Yeah, and so and it's not like these, as you clearly know, it's not like these songs come out of the gate. It's not like we finish the last word of the song, put a period on the sentence, and go. This is a damn smash and start running yeah. all over town. I mean, it's often a groundswell. It has to go through a period of four to six months or a year of, I think this is great. Is this great? Yeah. I, you think this is great? I think this is great. Yeah. And it just builds and builds and builds. And um, I, I've had songs definitely that, you know, people will ask me about Jesus Take the Wheel a lot. Mm-hmm. That didn't, that wasn't that. So you're saying when you, you Hillary and Brett wrote Jesus Take mm-hmm. the Wheel, mm-hmm. so did you feel like it was a big copyright after it was written and demoed? I feel I felt like it was a a 
a great song. Yeah. But I mean, it wasn't, no, there was no, um, I, and I think I can speak for Brett. Oh, well, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for Brett or Hillary, but I'm going to say from my, from my vantage point, no, it was just like, this is, it was this really is great, great, but wow. It, it I wonder what'll happen with this. You, you weren't thinking this is a career song no. that'll change my life. No, no, no. It was, it was pitched around town a couple of times to a couple of female artists that were, that passed on it. Carrie was not in the equation until the following year when she became the winner of Idol. So it had been around for what, a yeah, year and a half? Prob- probably about a year. Year? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Was Mark Bright the guy that produced it on Carrie? Yes. And mm-hmm. was he a fan of the song before Carrie or did it get pitched while he was working with her? Gosh, I, 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 I would guess that he was. I think he championed that song. Yeah, he hard. he used yeah. to do that. He had a little drawer full of yeah. stuff. He well, loved. that's what that's what makes Mark so great. He's such a great song. Yeah, he is. Guy. He, he produces from the song. Yeah, standpoint. which is the only thing that matters. Yeah, it's so frustrating because you know no no matter how much you know about gear and sounds, how well you play, and you're like this producer who has these incredible chops. The guy that's the song guy doesn't even need to play an instrument, and yeah. he'll be a better producer. I know. Yep. It's so it's so crazy. Yeah. I think it's easy to get like as a producer, it's easy to get caught up in this record sounds amazing. It's like nobody cares. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares. They want to be moved. Yeah. And they want to and, and that move, And they're listening to the song. They're listening to the song, yeah. And, and you'd have to do to a lot. Cry or yeah. or laugh or dance or call an old friend or have, you know, hop in bed with someone yeah. that, you know, what you know, it has to, it has to Yeah. And if you've got a great song you're producing, you've got to really work at fucking it up. Yeah, that's right. I <laughs> you know, know that is so true. I mean, you'd really have to do. Let me. Say I mean, that. I could. We could sit at the console and like. Yeah. I could do eight guitar tracks, and I'd be like, Chris, I did these ones. Oh, I also got these ones. Yeah. And I mean, you might be like, Yeah, man, whatever you think, it yeah. all <laughs> it all sounds good. <laughs> it all sounds, yeah, that's about the only thing I know of that is a telltale sign that you've got something really special. Is, is you could start to throw when you start to throw parts on it. Yeah, they're all great. They're all great. I mean, yep. you you can't have all the parts in them. You you know, especially these days because there's less parts than ever on a song, which I, is another thing I love. Uh, but um, you you will notice that with a great song, it's like God, I put this piano thing on, and I put these eight guitar tracks on. Yeah, I just want to put them all in the mix because it's not screwing you can't mess it up you can't mess it up yeah kind of kind of can but (laughs) you can but and really your singer can't mess it up is i mean a really great song a lot of people can sing yeah wouldn't you agree that not not to belittle the talent you have for hearing a great song uh because that is obviously great but don't don't you all wouldn't you also say on some level anybody can do that Mm mm-hmm wouldn't you agree? I agree 100%. Yeah, like, it, that's what's so fun yeah, about it. I don't think it. it's unique to me at all. Yeah, or me or any of our friends. No, no. Like, I think my, take, I've watched my kids do it. It's like a, it's like a, 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 it's like a damn uh, police lineup. I mean, if you lined up 10 songs, yeah. and what hurts the most, our grandmothers and uh, anyone we could think of, people that aren't necessarily in the music industry, are going to gravitate to that, oh, that yeah. song. That's And that's why, you know... I'm um, sure you've seen it with, with I, your girl, and with, I see it with our boys. Even when they were five years old, they'd walk in here and say, yeah, that yeah. one's good, that one's not. Happens all the time with my, my wife's not in the business at all, yeah, or yeah. in music at all, and you know she hears 
just every day is just some other ditty that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. And once in a while, she opens the door. She's like, what's that? And I go, really? Yep. I, and it's always very telling. And um, My son, Oscar, who's 17, he's really uh, blossoming as a player and a writer. He's really into it. He, you know, he doesn't like hardly anything I do, mm-hmm. really. I mean, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, whatever. But um, the other day, I'd written something, and I was in here putting a keyboard part on it, and he sat in here, and I thought, why is he sitting in here, you know? Yeah. And I stopped the track, and I look over, and he goes, that song's really good. Oh, cool. And then yeah. I knew, like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he doesn't usually say that. Everyone uh, has that ability. You don't have to be a musician. No. No, you, but you don't. but for what we do, it's really hard to, it's so hard, it's so hard to think like that, you know. You we it, I, I call it fishbowling. You know, we're just too, we're just in the fishbowl. Yeah, we, we've we've forgotten. To, you know, fish doesn't know it's in water, right? So right, we we have forgotten how to have perspective because we know too much about it. Well, and, and, we, and we rely, that, we need to rely on people around. I us. I think it's a huge thing, and I'll add another analogy. I think we use a microscope, mm-hmm. and we go so deep into these songs and the process and even cutting them we lose all the big picture yeah lose all the broad strokes we we lose all any yep. any kind of you know not forget 30,000 feet view we don't even have a 20 foot view i know have you had this when you go out live like you've got a cut on some guy and it's going great and you go out to see a live show yeah and you're just like what the fuck is this yeah Yes, I totally forgot what we do. I did it last week. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That, yeah. that feeling yeah. you're just like, yeah. there's 15,000 people screaming and your songs being played, and you're just like, oh my god, I, I don't even know we did this. It's the most telling thing. It really is because I mean, you you real. I realize, I, you know, I there's a gig I do in in Canada where I'm from every summer. It's like a you know thirty thousand. Uh, it's quite a big. Uh, yeah, you do big, big shows up there, don't considering you? the low population of the part of Canada is. But anyway, they'll bring in you know McGraw or Urban or uh, you know whoever it is that year, Little Big Town, a um, couple of big names like that. And you, yeah, it's exactly what you said. You realize that you know people for the most part in this genre they want to go there mostly to party. Yeah. Okay. And you get there and realize eight out of ten songs you need to party to. And I think there's room for one to make you cry a little bit. Yeah. And maybe something else. And I think like if you if you if you came up with a mathematical not that I hate math for the most part, but you know, if you if you if you fall if you subscribe to that math and it was truthful, I mean I think that's what guys like Ashley Gorley Absolutely. And people like that, they're they, they figured are not that out. messing around. They have figured that out. They have figured that out that, you know, if that's true that there's eight songs to party and one song to make you cry and one wild card, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, all week, it was writing maybe to that ratio. Right, and that's why I, I don't know. I'm guessing. No, no, I think that's great. But of course, as you know, and I'm I'm terrible for it because I, um, you know, I, I will instead try to write the house that built me and 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 fail, uh, nine times out of ten. But hey, but that's like. You know, that's, home run hitters strike out the most. That's right. Or yeah. Tom Douglas says this. He says, uh, when you throw your, if you're fishing, when you throw your line out that far, every now and then you'll catch the big fish. But usually you just bring back a license plate or an old tire. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, 
That's right. But but we're the same. Yeah, we're the same. Uh, and a, a lot of our friends are like that. I think. Yeah. You know, we're 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 wanting we want to hook the big fish. Yep. We want we fish way out there. Yep. Well, I don't get a whole lot of cuts to be honest with you on any other any of the other me either any of the other things now nope. I mean, once in a while for me it's harder to write that than it is something serious it's hard i don't know i just i i admire it because i don't oh, know how to do it being simple is so hard oh lord yeah if an artist came by you know or a label and it's like listen we need you we need you to write something really sad and you we need you to be as poetic as you can I mean, I'll be like, I'll be back yeah. in five minutes. Yeah, Watch yeah. This. we got you. But like, Wait, how you many know, of them do you need? Yeah, <laughs> me and Gordy can cook you up at least two we today. Get, we can get real maybe sad. three. But um, and, and there are a, a, a few artists. One in particular. I mean, Eric Church. I'm a massive yeah, fan. He's that, amazing. That guy has. That guy. He seems to have made no compromise. No, no. He and doesn't. he's like selling out stadiums. Yeah, I love that. He is the real deal. I I wish. You know, in a way, there was there was more places to put songs. That he, he, you know, you can be a, some some of his songs. I mean, record year, um, kill a word. Those are just amazing ideas. Yeah, for songs. Yeah, and uh, only an artist like him can get away with in this genre. And I love all those songs that get into that because I think they're real. They are, and man, they're still they're still working. Yeah, and people still want them. Yeah, There's, I think people always want them. Yeah, that's that's the good news. That's the good news. There, well, the the good news and the bad news is you never know where it's going to come from. You never know how it's going to happen. Yeah, you know, and that is beautiful, and and you know, scary. Yeah, I mean, I still, gosh, Josh, you were talking about Josh Keir before. I write a lot with Josh. We we kind of got a late start. We knew each other for years, but we didn't really start writing together until a couple of years ago. And we write a lot now. And I'm grateful for that because I think Josh is. Oh, he's great. He's definitely one of the best songwriters, but he, ha I would go out and limb and say he has the best songwriter work ethic I've ever seen yeah. in my life. Yep. Yep. But it, he, his thing is titles, man. He, he like, and that's still a thing. So, you know, we walked in the room, he, we, we had a Florida Georgia line hit a couple years ago called God, Your Mama and Me. I just remember him throwing that title out. And, uh, you know, he's just like, he starts the session off with I got this title I got that title he's got I got this title God your mama and me and I remember me saying God your mama and me what's that what does that mean and he's like like you know like no one's gonna ever love you more than God your mama and me and I just threw my hands in the air I really did I was like okay okay that's absolutely amazing we do we don't even know what key the song's in we don't know anything right. about the song right but everything you need to know is actually in the title yep so how do I not mess this up? That, that was my question. Yeah. I had that happen to me the other day, and I my very first thought was just straight fear. Does that happen to you too? Fear. It's like, yeah, I get oh, it. dear Lord, don't let me screw this up. Yeah. Because I, my first instinct when that happens in the room is just to back away from the table. Like, yeah. okay, nobody touch anything. Yeah. Because we got to make sure and do this right. You know, nobody we need to pray first or something yeah it's like when you do this for a while i'm checking in with you on this but it's all the idea man yeah and i used to have you know what i mean i started off i used to be a lot i don't know if it's fair to say but i think i just i think it was more of a shift but i, I used to come into the room when i got here you know in the early 2000s mid 2000s 
I, I was still living in Nova Scotia, so I had all the time in the world to think of yeah. ideas. So I'd, I'd come down once, one week a month or whatever it was then, and I'd be super armed. And, and, and Jesus Take the Wheel is an example of that. That was like a thing that happened in Nova Scotia, where I'm from. But uh, as, I, as I go, you know, in, in 2019, I'm still writing as much or more as ever. I, I do a lot more tracks now. And uh, I find myself, you know, I, I find myself better at spinning somebody else's, <laughs> I guess yeah. you'd say. Yeah. And, and, and um, or sometimes I don't, I, I don't have, like, getting back to God, your mom, and me for a second, I know I said, how do I not mess that up? But, you know, in actuality, Josh and Hillary, you know, Hillary's in the room, and they really had, they had a thing going. So, you know, at that point, I'm like, okay. I'm probably more valuable keeping my mouth shut here than keeping it open for oh, yeah. for at I've least for now. I'm I'm often So there. I move into give me this track. I'll spend yeah. a week on this yeah. track. I'll yeah, make yeah. this track really good. And that's that's how we did that. I actually had a, you know they they carried that lyric. Mm-hmm. But and, you got but th- that's you've got to know <clears throat> When, when, if you, if you recognize that if you're in a three way and two people have started running, man, you know, you starting to run with them can trip somebody, you know, yes. you got to know when to like, maybe they're dropping popcorn, just get a broom. Oh, you know what I mean, like whatever needs to be done, then you just do that. Now, someday when you're running, they're going to do that for you. Yeah. But I think in that a thing that you learn, it's like. I'm the that's same part way. of that's part of the culture here. That's right. And you learn and I do a song camp yeah. for young kids in the summer and I try to I try to to um remind them of that. It's like my my good friend Simon Wilcox says, sometimes you're the boobs and sometimes you're the bra. And it's going to be it's going to be, you know, every Yeah. yeah. I it's, I have a similar uh story i guess we could say sometimes you're the sometimes you, no yeah. i don't know i don't know if sometimes we can say that you're sorry the jock strap <laughs> and, um well now i'm seeing because i like working with newer writers younger writers and they'll come in with titles that i'll be like well that that somebody already did that right yeah and then i'm like well now wait a minute chris they did that 25 years yeah, ago that's right so if well, it's been a hit once it could be a hit again yeah but you're also smart enough to know that you know they, this might be this might be an idea or a concept that resonates more with their generation than ours. Exactly, and we, you know, we have to that we yeah. we have to realize that you're yeah, good at that. Have, yeah, and we, and we don't have a point of a frame. I do of that all the time. I'm very. I feel like we could do a whole other show on this. Yeah, concept because it's yeah. very interesting to me. It's very fascinating to me. But you um you have to respect that. You do. And you have to realize, I will sometimes say, almost like it's a different language to my to my co-writer who's 25 years younger than me. How would you say, nah, 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 if, you right. know what I mean? Right. I mean, it's almost like, it's almost like translation. Yeah. And, and that's actually a nice exchange in the room because, you know, you're showing respect for their thing. They're showing respect for your wisdom. And that's right. that's one of my favorite things. Most of my co-writers are really young, and um, I I enjoy. Um, I do too. I enjoy that. I do too. So much. It's so easy. I think after you do this a long time, to get this idea that, well, you do have experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, it's easy to get in this mode where like yes, no, yes, no, 
no, that means that this, you know, and it, it's just like, mm, no, I don't want to do it. We've all seen, we just, we've all seen crazy ideas turn into hit songs. Yeah. We've, and once, yeah. You, once you've seen that happen. That's a great point. You know, um, a couple of scribbles on a piece of yellow paper that are like, you know, I, I just have seen it so much, man. You know, a writer has an idea and it's like, they're almost nervous throwing out because this is really weird, man, but I'm going to throw it out. Dare to suck, as people say. And once you've seen that little almost uncomfortable moment turn into a hit song, that is what I'm in it for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Isn't it the best feel? It's better than even hearing it on the radio to me or seeing it in concert. That moment when you're right in the middle of something just blooming in front of your eyes that is just and you know it's great yeah isn't that the most incredible experience it really is just you know what i mean like that first moment where it sort of just overtakes you and you're like holy shit this is it yeah especially when you've been around and you've actually been in a room where it's happened before and you're like oh it's happening yeah it is such pure joy isn't it? It really is, man. It's that, and and you know the other moment for me is it's the first. It's it's okay. We finished the song. And I used to do this, you know, a lot more because I used to write more at night, and there used to be more wine involved and all that stuff. But oh, yeah. like, you started writing at like six o'clock, and it's nine o'clock or whatever it is, and you got the song finished, and you got a little track or something, and that person that your writer sings it for the you know you pour a yeah, glass of wine time it's down yeah and 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 you got your headphones on and your writer sings it for the first time that's the moment where i go damn man this is i'm so lucky to, it is. to be here i agree yeah. that that that's another one is when especially if you're in the room with somebody who can really sing yeah because you've had it you know up on the you know up on the blocks yeah and you've had all the engine parts spread all that's over right. the garage and yeah. you haven't had it all assembled that's and right like, it's like you, you just built a tesla it's like right, let's see right. if it works and, but we've not actually turned the car on and run yeah. it down the track and you're like holy shit yep yep that's the whole microscope you've got it torn apart every bolt out and then you get it put together and run it and then yep. you're like damn yeah and source and of course sometimes they don't and sometimes you're the, the engine doesn't yeah, start you're like holy what anyway. happened it's over in the ditch smoking yeah. when it does it's that it, happens probably more oh and you're you're excited for you've me done all yeah. <laughs> you've yeah. done all this work on the song you finally put down the work tape and it's a smoking heap on the side of the track and oh you're yeah like, what the fuck it's not for the faint of heart it, no like you know not to say that we're you know lucky or, or, or born for this in some way that others aren't that's not what i mean i'm just saying it's you know even even for the even for for those of us that have high rates of activity that constantly have things on the radio it's still 90 percent rejection yeah maybe 95 i mean it's more than that for me, more, me <laughs> but too. like you know uh so you know Every day you're, you know, we're working on a track or working on an idea that really, you know, the odds are way stacked against anybody ever friggin' hearing yeah. this. Yeah. So, um, uh, it's, it's an, it's an, it's, there's an absurdity to it. There's, there is. Uh, well, I always say this, uh, it probably people are sick of me saying it, but I think it's true. We're like, uh, we're very much like pastors and ministers in this way. We, we live on faith. If you ask us, how do you write a hit song? We have no idea. You're right. 
And I don't. So you live on faith. You know what I mean. Yeah. You have to live on faith that something that has happened before could happen again, even though you don't know how it happened. Right. And I and and, and I think I think we're not the. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about some of the other art forms, but we're oh, not the yeah. only art form. No, that no, does no, this. no, no. I imagine the movie They're, business is quite okay, like this. I think it's very or, much or, like it. Yeah, certainly script writing. I mean, what's the percentage of scripts that yeah. no one no that and never I see the light of painting, day? Painting, yeah, book. If you're an author, yeah, a lot of people have this. We're not the only one for sure. Even professional athletes, I have think have it. I, I would think so. It's a performance based business on what we're doing right now. I know it's like there's that that famous. Uh, I can't quite remembered amy would know it there's a famous the life of a the life of an artist or a songwriter expressed as a haiku or whatever that was Did you ever hear that it's like who is chris Lindsay? oh yeah bring me chris Lindsay. i need another chris Lindsay. yeah who, who is, is chris, chris Lindsay? Lindsay? Yeah. yeah or something that's yeah. that's only four lines but <laughs> yeah 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 i want to talk gordy we i mean it was so great to catch up with you and you too bud but i do want to hit a few highlights of you because i feel like i didn't do justice to your career so Jesus take the wheel. Um, that was your idea. Yes, it was. It's 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 a it's a or your little chunk of yeah. It was a, a kind of a two part idea. I'll try to be as fast as I can. But you when don't I was, need to be fast. Go ahead. When I was I don't know eight years old or something, I had an aunt named Marge McDougall that I used to spend a lot of time with on the weekends. They didn't have kids, and um, I was randomly eating uh, lunch with her, and she was telling me about how she. Um, lost control of the car and almost got in an accident in Nova Scotia and I was literally just like eating and going so what did you do and she said you know I threw my hands up in the air and I asked God to take control of the car and that car straightened right out pointed right down the highway and I continued on and I never thought about it for about 20 years honestly after that because I was a kid until uh, I drove by an accident site where a friend of mine had lost their sister that week. I was on my way to Nashville, and it triggered this old thought. And unlike the song that has a happy ending, the real-life story didn't. Um, my friend lost her sister. But it triggered this thought from, from his kid. So I, I had uh, a write with Brett and Hillary in Nashville, and my original title was When Jesus Takes the Wheel. Okay. And I... I actually never do this, but I had a melody and I wrote it out on staff. I made I made some staff paper in my notebook with, with a pen yeah. and wrote out the melody so I wouldn't forget the melody in my head. When I got there, I presented them the idea and they liked it, which was great. And um, But they went off on a completely different melody. And this that moment was, I, I just remembered it because, you know how you kind of get close to your little, like, a part of me was going, but I had, but I really like this melody I had, or I really like right. this. And I, it and came I, with it. I it's let it go. It. I let it go. And um, I just, I mean, in, in the process of that song, it just really, it, it was a, a switch where I, where I realized you really have to trust your co-writer. Yeah. That song, yeah. in hindsight, would have been, you know, probably nothing if I didn't. I don't know. It's a great idea. Because I, I think at some point I, I, I went back and I pulled up that page and, and I read the melody and I was like, oh my God, that's that's not even close to that. Maybe, but like, who knows? But it, anyway, the, the point is that it, 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 it did inform me going forward because that was a moment where I was like, you really, we're collaborating here. 
So they kind of sp- melodically, and we all wrote the the lyric oh, and yeah. the story together, but melodically they you, they took it and ran with it. And they're two great melody people. Oh my gosh, yeah, the, two of the yeah. best. Either one of them by themselves is a, yeah, is two amazing, of the two but, of the best. Yeah. And it turned out to just be a massive smash song. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that. Well, and and I also wanted to add you you had a thriving career in Canada and still do as an artist. You're you're well known up there. Well, I mean, not so much at this point, but at that time, at that time you were. You know, that was a time when um, John Mayer, like this singer songwriter, organic guitar playing guys, guys that kind of did what I did, was um, was kind of a thing, and uh, it, it was a good time for me to be an artist. I mean, I can only think of one pop artist that puts guitar on his. Yeah, so maybe Sean Mendes. I, mean, or something, I appreciate but. the humility, but you're you're amazing, man. Thank you. I dude. mean, you're great. I made great records. I'm super proud of them. They were a lot of work. It was it was a lot of the Sunburn record I, I made was a lot of digging. I I don't know that I would ever dig that deep. Um, that was just like I felt like that's the only time in my life I I could ever dig that deep. Right. It was it almost hurt. Yeah. You well, know. It, but that. Maybe that's the right way. Yeah, but I'm glad I did. I'm glad I experienced yeah. what that felt like. Yeah. Um, well, man, it's been great. I, I want to say I know we. You reminded me of something, and I want to add it just because mm-hmm. uh, I had forgotten when we started talking. We lost uh, Busby this week, mm-hmm. um, and I know everybody's kind of reeling from that. He, uh, I found out that he was sick maybe a month and a half ago. Yeah, I didn't even. Well, that wasn't a whole lot different than from when he found out he was sick. And I just wanted to add on the podcast that uh, I just think he was one of the best of us. Yeah, and it's really sad to lose him. He was a a really good guy. He was a really, really good guy, a talented guy, but as a human being, it's it's definitely a sad week here as as things like this go, particularly the way it went for Busby, him getting. Um, him getting six it, it was just so fast we were pretty we were pretty close i mean we okay. we had a couple of singles together some hunter hayes songs yeah um and you know he was unstoppably ambitious he was at the you know peak of his success yeah you know and i think that's part of the sadness too is that he was man he was just doing great yeah and the thing he's the thing is cuz you know chris he was just such a musical beast i mean this yeah, guy came at it from he had so much soul like when he sat at a piano there's a video going around of him singing um like a church hymn yeah i don't know if you saw that and and you know the the phone is kind of over his right shoulder as he's sitting at the piano and you just watching him sing and play this and the chords and the and the movements he he was just it's as good as it gets. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Well, don't mean to end on a sad note, but oh, I, kn- okay. I knew you knew him too, and I didn't want to not say anything. Um, Gordy, it's been so great to catch up with you, man. You I too, have man. I have a whole list of your songs that I did not get to. Gordy's written so many great things. Uh, I apologize. I got a little bit caught up because we haven't seen each other in a while, mm-hmm. and I feel like I kind of dove down in the weeds without giving you his credits and talking about all the stuff he's done. Um, so what I'm asking is maybe uh, when the podcast is over, 
Give him a Google. Check out some of Gordy's stuff. His his records he's made on his own are just magical, and he has just tons of country cuts and hits. Um, but uh, thank you so much for being on Pitch List, Gordy. Thank you, Chris. Okay, man. What a pleasure to be here. All right. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pitch List. To hear songs written and or recorded by today's guest, check out this week's playlist by finding us on Spotify at Pitch List Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. And if you want, feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review. We also want to know what songwriters, artists, or music business professionals you want to hear from next. Let us know by visiting our website at pitchlistpodcast.com or follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.